Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Really Real Real Estate Podcast. This is episode 26, the first 48. Washington County, Pennsylvania, 15 miles south of Pittsburgh, 9.37 p.m. A call comes in from your realtor. Tired and exhausted from the day, he softly exclaims, Congratulations, your offer has been accepted. Excitedly, you hang up the phone. As you attempt to fall asleep that night, you find yourself wide awake with giddiness and joy, knowing that your offer has been accepted and that you just bought a house. But... In your euphoric state of glee, your mind begins to wander. What's next in the home buying process? How much money do I bring to closing? When should I order the movers to come get my stuff? How do I get the names of the utility companies? When do I get the inspection scheduled? Did I request an inspection in my offer? (laughs) Your mind is filled with those questions and so many more. So today we lay out what are the key things to accomplish as the buyer and the seller in the first 48 hours after your offer has been accepted. My name is Lou Lombardi. Now here's your real estate guru, Jason Wilcox. Lou, I had visions of how I wanted that introduction to go and you just blew my expectations out of the water. Oh, you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. <laughs> that was that was excellent. I loved it. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I am doing great. The weather's beautiful. We finally broke the heat wave, so it's not as hot out. I'm not sweating in places I'm not supposed to sweat. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Just uh, same here. Exactly. Enjoying it. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, we, you know, this... Uh, Late in the uh, in the season, we're still having this uh, beautiful summer weather. So, absolutely, I'll take it. Ho- hopefully, we're not trading it for snow in April. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it is Pittsburgh. Yep. It is Pittsburgh. Yes, it is. <laughs> So as as you mentioned, Lou, in your in your introduction, yeah. So we're talking today about the first forty eight hours after you get your offer accepted um, on mostly on the buyer side, but as well as the seller side too. Um, what, what we wanted to talk about was there, there's a lot of questions that buyers have and what we wanted to do was just kind of lay out because there's so many questions that buyers have. We start getting ahead of ourselves and it's best to focus on what are the key, maybe three to five things that have to happen right away. And then from there, we go into allowing the rest of the transaction to play out naturally. But there are some key things that we need to discuss, uh, especially when it comes to, to the buyer side. Okay, so let's go through the uh, talking points that we have set up here. Uh, We'll start with the buyers. Oh, how's that sound? Okay, Uh, so call lender. What is that? Yes. So at this point, and this goes back a little bit to what Jim has talked about and what, I, what I've what i kind of preached all, all along with buyers and getting pre-approved. If you have only been pre-qualified, which means that you just talked to the lender, gave them some information about your, um, your financial situation, um, you need to call your lender because you need to make mortgage application. You need to actually submit your application that the lender requires, and you need to make sure that you get um, 
all the documents that's required of you. Um, the lenders are going to need, at the very least, pay stubs, W-2s, um, bank statements. You're going to need to get all of that stuff to the lender, and you're ne- going to need to do it immediately because the lender needs time to get it to the underwriter, and then the underwriter needs to review it, see if there's any additional information that they need. Now, if you've been doing what I've said all along, which is you've gotten pre-approved, which means you've already submitted that information to the underwriter during the pre or excuse me, to the lender who has submitted it to the underwriter through the pre-approval process, they have all that information but you still want to put a phone call out to your lender to make sure there's no other information they need. The sales contract says within seven days, you're going to make mortgage application. So you just want to call and make sure that you, you, you make sure that they don't need anything so they can get the application rolling. We've, we've emphasized this many times on the podcast is to make sure that you get the money all kind of organized yep. to the, to as far as you can, before you do anything so that because right that's like crazy you have this great experience where you you know you you get this house going and everything and you want to buy it and then you find out oh no you know i don't have the i don't have the money situation organized so absolutely make sure that that um that you've got the lender involved and everybody's on the same page and they you're pre-approved and everything um now now this is is this where we order the home inspection once this is taken care of Yes. And this to me, out of anything else next to the the whole lender and, and, and uh, mortgage application situation, this is probably the most important thing. So almost every buyer that I have purchase a house makes their offer contingent on a home inspection. And what a lot of people don't realize is that you're going to only have so many days to do your inspections. Me personally, I usually recommend going a 15-day inspection period. Now, what people don't realize is that means you need to call the inspector, get it inspected, get it scheduled, get the actual inspection done, get the reports back, and also ask what you're going to ask for off the home inspection. If there are safety concerns that have come up, you want to have those addressed. And so people don't realize that 15 days is more than enough time, but you need to call the lender or excuse me, the home inspector day one, because especially when we're in the height of the spring market or, you know, with COVID in the summertime, when we really started to ramp up, most home inspectors were sometimes eight, nine, 10, 11 days out. So if you called on day one, hopefully you got them on the books by day, let's say 10. But then from there, you need to give them another one to two days to get the reports back to you. So if it took them 10 days to do the inspection, then another two days, you're already at day 12. And that was when you called on day one. So then it gives you three more days to then figure out what you're going to ask for. That timeline works and it's more than enough time to accomplish everything only if you call. If you wait until day eight or nine to call for your inspection, you, you may be SOL. You may not have enough time to get your inspector out there and ask for everything that you need to ask for. So that, along with calling the lender, are probably the two most important things that you need to have done in, in the first 48 hours. Now, what about the camera test? What, and, and, and what, could you explain what that is too? Yes. So, and actually, as a, as a side note, I'm working on trying to maybe see if we can get a plumber in here uh, on the podcast in the next couple of weeks to talk uh, camera test. Basically, a camera test is a colonoscopy for your sewer line. 
Basically, what they do is, as the name implies, it's a camera test. They take a camera, they shove it down your sewer line, and they make sure that your your sewer line, your pipes are in good shape, especially if you're buying an older home from the 20s, 30s, 40s. If it's clay piping or terracotta piping, they're going to make sure that it's not cracked or broken. They're going to make sure there's no major um, roots in the line. If you buy a house in a a neighborhood like Mount Lebanon in Upper St. Clair, where they're known to have large, massive trees in the front and backyards. You want to make sure those roots aren't getting on the line. And yeah, what you need to do is you need to call a plumber to schedule a time to come out and do the camera test for you. And much like the inspector, plumbers plumbers are always busy. Plumbers never have any downtime because when it's summer, they're doing all the big renovation work. And when it's winter, they're dealing with frozen pipes and, and busted hot water tanks. So, um, you know, most of the plumbers that I know are at least usually four to five, if not seven to eight days out. So now as a side note, it is important to note that you don't have to get a camera test. Not everybody wants to get one. I strongly encourage it, but something you should ask your uh, agent about is that there are actually some boroughs um, that require the seller to do the camera test. So ordering the camera test is really only if you're in a borough uh, where it's not required of the seller. But I can tell you just off the top of my head, Peters Township, South Fayette, Upper St. Clair, those are three examples where they actually require the seller to do it anyways. So in that case, it may not even be applicable depending on where you're buying. Right. You don't want to, you know, uh, get into a home and then discover that there's a major issue. Some tree in the front yard has broken the the pipes in half. And, you know, because you could right. this kind of thing you want to head off at the pass before. Exactly. (laughs) And, 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 And that's one of those ones where, Lou, I've seen I've seen. Let me tell you this. If you have sewer line work that needs to be repaired, you are absolutely with a doubt without a doubt in the four digits you might even be in the five digits because depending on how much pipe has to be replaced, how long the line is, how far down do they have to dig? I mean, I've seen some older Mount Lebanon, upper St. Clair homes that are 150 foot lines that you're at dollars $30,000 worth of work. So it's absolutely worth the $325 you'll spend on a camera test to find out if there's issues. Right. Absolutely. Um, now is this where we, get the the hand money going because we did a and if you don't know what hand money is go back to our episode on hand money uh is, is this where the hand money me. comes in at this point yeah you beat me to that to, <laughs> to that i was gonna say go back and listen to our conversation on hand money yes uh, i get the check right up front and the reason is this hand money has to be deposited into the brokerage's escrow account within so many days, five, six, seven, whatever you've negotiated in the sales contract. But what people don't realize is, Lou, let's say you're my buyer. You cut me a check on Monday. Let's say it's Monday afternoon. I may not get into the office until Tuesday afternoon, which means the the the, pro, the the person in the office may not process it until Wednesday, and then it takes a day or two to get deposited. Well, if you went into the a sales contract over the weekend, all of a sudden you're into that fourth, fifth, sixth day before you know it. So, and if you have to have it not collected but deposited into the escrow account, you want to make sure that you're getting that hand money check to your agent um, three, four days before it comes due, so that they have time to process it on the back end in the office. Now, why is it important to talk with your insurance agent at this point? 
So what a lot of people don't maybe necessarily know, especially first-time homebuyers, one of the uh, inspection contingencies that you can elect is actually what's called the property flood insurance contingency. And this is something I stress, and I know most agents out there stress all of their buyers to elect this contingency. It's a contingency that does not cost you anything, but it does allow you to get with your insurance agent to get a quote on what the homeowner's insurance is going to cost. Now, we all have a rough idea of what homeowner's insurance is going to cost, depending on the size of the house, depending right. on how much coverage you have, you're probably six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars However, what some people don't know is there are certain parts of the city that if you're near the river, if you're near a creek or uh, something of that nature, if you're near a lake, you may have flood insurance that's required on your property, depending on where you are, are located and depending on whether or not you're in a flood zone. And sometimes that can get expensive. Um, I don't know how much we talked about it with, with Christy Paris when she was on several episodes ago, but basically there are different tiers depending on how close you are to the water. I mean, obviously if you're, if you've got a beachfront home on, on the, on the Pacific ocean, that's going to be a lot more insurance than like <laughs> yeah. if you're just near a creek, but there are different tiers. And I've had some people be in a floodplain that all of a sudden they have to have flood insurance. And that's another $1,800 a year, you know, maybe, maybe $2,000 a year, $2,400 a year. All of a sudden that's an additional $150, $200 a month that you're paying in, in insurance. You need to know that ahead of time because that could, if you're buying at the height of your price range, that could price you out. So it's important to know, again, going back to that 12 or 15 day inspection contingency period, you want to make sure um, that you've had a chance to review um whether or not you need flood insurance or whether or not you're going to be able to afford it. And by getting with your insurance agent, you can have that conversation. This is also the point at which you would order the survey and explain what the survey is. This isn't like survey says, <laughs> not that <laughs> kind to of win survey. Big, big money to pay for the place. <laughs> um, yeah. So a survey is th th there's, there's two different ways this can work. A survey is basically when a surveyor comes out and they map out, your plot of land that you're purchasing. You know, they map out, you know, where, where the lines run, where the house sits, and they basically show you where your property boundaries are. Um, now, the one I recommend is, is something what's called like an as-built staked survey, which is they're going to put all the, all the stuff on the map. So if you're buying a, a house that, you know, has a house, but it also has a fence and a pool, they can map all that out but they can also stake it as well for you too. They can actually go out to the property and put physical stakes so you can see where your property boundaries uh, lie. Um, this is different for every buyer. I do tell my buyers that, look, if you're just getting it for informational purposes, you just want to know what grass is yours to cut and what isn't, then I actually recommend those buyers getting it after they close on the house. And actually, the reason I do that, I used to not always do that, but then I had a buyer who did, unfortunately, purchase a survey once, and we unfortunately ended up not closing on it because the house did not appraise. And so because of it, we terminated and now he has a $500 survey for a property <laughs> in Castle Shannon that he'll never own. So if you right. want it just for informational purposes, don't worry about it. But if you're buying a house and saying, look, if I cannot put my Olympic-sized swimming pool in my backyard, I don't want to buy this house. 
you need to get that survey done again during the inspection contingency period, because if you're going to walk away over the information that's found on that survey, you have that right, but you've got to do it before the inspection contingency period is up. And again, some of these surveyors, just like plumbers, just like inspectors, they're not, there's a reason why the best surveyors, the best inspectors, the best plumbers are not available tomorrow. There's a reason. They're in demand. They do high quality work. You're going to have to wait for them to come out. And um, if you wait until the last couple of days of your inspection contingency period, you're going to be SOL. Now, just to clarify, all of these things that we mentioned, you're calling your lender, ordering the home inspection, camera test, uh, getting the hand money, speaking with your insurance agent, and then the survey. This is all taking place in that 15-day period? Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much everything for the most part. I think the lender is the only one you're supposed to do within a seven day period. Okay. But again, going back to the title, that's why we say do it within the first 48, because if you do it within the first 48 hours, it's done and you just, you don't have to worry about it. I, I know it's cliched, but buying a house is very much the whole, uh, hurry up to wait. <laughs> you know, you're going to do something. And then once it's done, you're going to wait until you get further instructions. It's, well, it's frustrating and it's irritating, but it is one of those times where that plays into effect. Well, absolutely. The, the last thing you want is to be like all, you know, hot to go. And then yep. you waited too long or something didn't come through. And then at the last minute, something falls through. So absolutely. First 48, get this, get this stuff done. Now let's switch over to sellers. Okay, because I wouldn't, I, I, and this is kind of interesting because I wasn't really sure what the seller would have to do. Um, so what does so what's the first thing? Order the die, and I would look confused on the die test. Um, and why is this a seller thing and not a buyer thing? Yes. So yeah, to be clear, that you know we spent the first little bit talking about the buyers, but unfortunately, the sellers are not just sitting at home eating bonbons and uh, drinking white claws. So the, the sellers have some things wow. that they now. If you want to eat bonbons and white claws at the end of the day, I fully support <laughs> it. We don't judge. <laughs> Lou, are you a white claw fan? Uh, no, not really. No, neither am I. Okay, but if you are, again, we don't judge. <laughs> so the, the, there's a couple of big things that the sellers need to take care of. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying there's a very good chance you may have already started this prior to going under contract. And if you did, great. You're just that much further ahead. But if you haven't, you really need to take care of this right away um, so that there's no delay in closing. The first thing uh, the seller is responsible for, and I believe almost every borough other than certain parts of the city of Pittsburgh, the the uh, the seller is responsible for the dye test. And the dye test is where, again, you hire a plumber to come out and they actually put dye um, into your, into your uh, sanitary system because they basically want to make sure that your stormwater is not mixing in to uh, your sanitary system. And if it is, it has to be remedied prior to closing. Um, and that's the real reason why um, you want to make sure that you get it done right away because if it passes, great. Fine, fantastic. We that's one less thing we have to worry about moving towards closing. But if there if it fails and it needs remedied, you have to get those plumbers back out there to do that work. And again, good plumbers a lot of times are one to two weeks out. So if on day one you order a plumber to come out and do the dye test on day eight and then it fails, so they have repair work they have to do. If they're another two weeks out because it's going to take three guys and half a day to do it, you know, all of a sudden you're to day 21 
again, going back to that's if you did it on the first one or two days, if you waited until a week before closing, you're going to have a lot of very unhappy people. Um, so that's the first thing. That's the main responsibility of the seller. Um, now, sidebar, um, do make sure you're speaking to your listing agent about this. There are some listing agents out there. Um, me personally, this is something I do. I actually help take on that responsibility for the seller. So make sure you're having a conversation with your listing agent to make sure you're on the same page so that you're both not ordering a, a, a dye test and, and getting charged twice for it. Okay, this is this is where, I'm, where I wanted you to clarify because the dye test and the camera test both involve plumbers. Is it possible to kind of like get a plumber to come in and do the dye test for the buyer and the, uh, excuse me, do the do the camera test for the buyer and the dye test for the seller. Can you just kind of like, can we get that all done at the same time or, or is that not a thing? In in theory, yes. However, the only danger that you run with doing that is that I always tell buyers and sellers separately that I represent, you want to make sure you're getting the, the 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 answers that you want from the professionals that you want you may have mr buyer mrs buyer a plumber that you like to do for your plumbing needs and mr right. and mrs seller may have a plumber that they like to handle their plumbing needs so theoretically yes you can however you do have to be careful because ultimately at the end of the day the buyer and the seller have the right to bring in the people they want to get the answers that they want now to back up for a second, as I mentioned, there are some boroughs that require the seller to do both the camera and the dye test. And many times I have buyers say, look, if it has to pass for the borough anyways, it's good enough for me. Let the sellers pick whoever they want. They can use it. We don't care. Just as long as it passes, we're good to go. So in theory, you can hire. You just have to be careful because you have to make sure that both buyer and seller are okay with um, using the same person. And on the flip side, I've also found you have to be very clear with your plumber. I have had many plumbers come to me and say, oh, I'm doing the dye test today. No, you were hired to do a camera test. They just assume that because they're coming to a house that's listed, it's the seller. I have to remind them, no, this is the buyer that hired you. You're here just doing a camera test. So sometimes the plumbers need to be you know, squared away as well too. So your agent would help you with either yes. one of these. So if you're the buyer- that agent could help you. And if you're the seller, that agent, your agent would help you do that. Yes. Does that other work? Yeah. And also, Lou, I don't feel ashamed to ask this. I get buyers and sellers that ask me this all the time. They say, Jason, what do I say to the plumber when I call? And I will tell you exactly what to say. <laughs> tell them you are the buyer. You want a camera test. And if they sit, start talking dye test, shut it down. So don't be afraid to ask your agent, hey, what exactly do you want me to ask? when I call so that you can be squared away and know what you need to ask the, the the plumber or the inspector or anybody else for that matter. That's what we're here to do. We're here to guide you. Um, we both know a great plumber, but yes, if you, if you don't, can the agent, is that legal for the agent to kind of, if, can you ask the agent and say, Jason, I have no clue. Who do I call? Is that, yes. al- is that allowed? Yeah. So legally we have to be careful not to swing our buyers and sellers, but I, I've had buyers and sellers have very great success with, with not just plumbers, but home inspectors, electricians, 
um, plumbers in the past. So yes, you can ask us our recommendation um, and we will be happy to provide names to you um, when it comes to any of these points. And, and I can, I can tell you what to look out for, for certain plumbers and certain electricians and, 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 you know, roofers and things like that. I can let you know what to ask for, what to expect, but yeah, we're basically here to, to let you know, we, we, we can give you some names if you need it. Uh, I, I, encourage other agents to maybe not give out one name. I usually, in most situations, will give out a couple. That way the buyer can then do their research and feel comfortable, um, you know, after they've taken my names and maybe researched it, looked at reviews, looked at, um, you know, uh, their website, things like that. Um, well, remember, yeah, you only have 48 I, hours. What's that? <laughs> so like, I think like, I don't think I'm going to do any of that. I think I'm going to call you and say, Jason, <laughs> give, tell me somebody because I, I have no clue. And I yeah. only got 48 hours and I just want to get this thing done. Um, yeah. What is, um, I'm a little confused on this next point here about the occupancy permit inspection and this for with the seller. Like how, what is that all about? Yes. And this is something sellers to be very blunt. This should be something your agent should be helping you right off the bat because they should know what is required from the borough or municipality, or if you are in like a condo association or an HOA association, they should be aware of what's required. Not every borough or planned community requires it, but you do have some boroughs. Lou, Lou, you and I live in Cannonsburg. Cannonsburg is one of them. Cannonsburg actually requires an occupancy permit. Um, what that means is there's an occupancy inspector that comes from the borough. They come in and they just check some of the basics of the house. You know, has your electrical panel been updated in the last so many years? Do you have smoke detectors where you need them? Do you have carbon monoxide detectors? They're looking for some just basic safety items to make sure that heaven forbid an emergency you have working smoke detectors you have handrails near stairs for safety concerns um, not every borough requires it but some do and that again is something you will want to order sooner rather than later unfortunately and again i'll use our our home our home uh, of Cannonsburg as an example Cannonsburg has a lot of older homes and so a lot of times if you are someone that has owned this home for 10 15 20 25 years there there are probably a handful of things that are going to come up on the occupancy permit that'll need to be fixed technically i hate to say it but what a, an inspector does is they fail the inspection you make the repairs they come out they reinspect it and they pass it but just like the dye test it takes time because if that inspector's not available for a week and a half um they come out they fail it you do the work and then you come out and have them reinspect it you can't do it in the last couple of days so that's the big thing with the occupancy permit Camera test will always go in line with a dye test. So if you're required to get a camera test, you're also going to be required to get a dye test. So uh, your agent will help you with that um, as far as hiring a plumber and getting that taken care of. HOA documents are just going to be if you lived in a planned community or if you lived in a condo, most likely you're, you the seller are going to know about this ahead of time because you're going to have monthly HOA dues. So you know right. if you live in an HOA, um, a homeowners association, or if you live in a condo association, your, um, your um, listing agent can, t can advise you on how to go about ordering those resale certificates because they're actually pretty easy. Most uh, homeowners associations and most condo associations have gone over to an online ordering of those resale certificates. Okay, oh, wait a minute here. I'm a little, I'm a little confused. 
because we have camera test is something that the buyer has to get. But now we're right. saying the seller has to do his own camera test. I'm in addition to the diet. I'm a little confused. Is that just something that maybe the borough might require? Is that what you mean? Or yeah. So basically to make this as easy as possible, almost every borough that I know of requires a dye test. Seller has to do a dye test. Okay. There are some boroughs that also require the camera test. Okay. Not all, but some, some require the seller to do it. If the borough does not require the seller to do it, it's up to the buyer if they want to do okay, it. Okay, clarified. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And we talked, um, I, this has come up before, this next point has come up before, <laughs> but if you are selling, you, I, I mean, I when I sold my, it was a long time ago, uh, we had already, because we knew we were moving, we had already started doing things like getting rid of old crap and yep. kind of like getting sort of stuff together, knowing that because we were going to be selling and we didn't want to be rushing around. Although there, it seems like no matter how much you prepare, there's still a whole bunch of rushing around at the, yeah. at the end. But you, <laughs> you, this is the point that like it, it, it pack, you know, get yeah. your crap together to get it out. <laughs> yep, exactly. And, and, and Lou, you'll chuckle at this. We try to keep our, uh, we try to keep our podcast PG. The notes that I sent you says pack your stuff. <laughs> I had another four letter S word that I put in my notes that I won't say, but yeah, really what it comes down to, and, I, and I'll tell you why, buyers get nervous when they come back for the inspection 12 days later, and oh, by the way, you're trying to close in 35 days, and the house is still in the exact same condition that right. it was, even, even if like some of your stuff is packed up, but not all your stuff. Look, we respect that the bed and the couch and the TV, they're not going to be out until two days prior to closing. But if we still see all of your your kids' action figures all over the living room and like just piles all your of clothes and collectibles <laughs> and all that stuff, get all that stuff. That stuff you don't need. You get that stuff packed up. Exactly. So yeah. So it's just it goes without saying. Start packing your stuff if you're still living there. Because trust me, I tell I tell my clients this all the time. I just had this conversation last night with a buyer. You know, I had a buyer the other day get their offer accepted, and I said, "Dude, you don't believe me until we're actually." at the closing table we're set to close mid-october mid-october will be here before you know it like before <laughs> yep. you know it we're going to be talking final walkthrough details the night before closing so trust me 40 days is not a lot of time yeah get it done let me tell you just a real funny story um when i moved i left all my silverware because we were rushing around so bad to get everything together and it was, it was moving from a bit, uh, much bigger house to a sm much smaller house. And um, so there was stuff that we weren't sure what we were going to do with, blah, blah, blah. You always overthink these things. And we got to the house. We started unpacking like a day or two later and realized I had no silverware. I had left it in a drawer. Oh, no. <laughs> So I know silverware. So I had to go buy silverware. Uh, so yeah, so either that or get it together. Yeah, either that or you're ordering Chinese food and eating, eating with chopsticks that <laughs> night. Chopsticks. I, I'll give I'll give you one better. You ready for this, Lou? Sure. Again, I'll keep this PG. So I had buyers that were buying a house, and it was not a foreclosure, but you wouldn't know based on the way you walked in. This uh -oh. house was pretty rough. And, and that's why they bought it. They, they were looking for something that they could fix up, that they could do themselves. They're very handy. They wanted to fix it up. Um, long of the short of it, I may have shared this, this story on the podcast before, but um, this was a closing where the wife signed ahead of time because we found out that the wife had a PF, is it PFA? Is that oh, what it is? No. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, PFA against the husband. So, anyways, long or the short of it, we it, we close. It's fine. It's all good. We we get we get to closing. We're good. A week later, I get a picture from the buyers. Um, the 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 wife left certain um, uh, entertainment items behind <laughs> um, that were like pink and purple of an, and of an adult nature. And- <laughs> And, and we're just like, um, okay. So you, you, you make sure that stuff's out of the house. You don't want other people having to discover, you know, your stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and now during this whole process, the, your uh, your realtor is what? Just like laying around, relaxing, not doing anything. Yeah, just eating bonbons his, and drinking white claws. Counting the money he's he's going to make on the whole deal, right? That's That's all you're doing, right, Jason? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm I'm turning in at 7:30 every night. I sleep till nine in the morning, and I work a six-hour workday. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, what what your realtor is doing on the back end is is there? Well, first off, they're making sure you get done what you need to get done. Uh, because if you don't get your stuff done, it's it's going to hold up. But I know, at least for me on the buyer side, what I'm doing is I'm touching base with the lender. I'm touching base with the title company. I'm touching base with the other agent to make sure that they have what they need. Um, if I'm on the buyer side, I'm making sure the lender and the title company have a, have a copy of the sales contract because they need that to get the file open. If I'm on the, the seller side, I'm letting the title company know what needs to be done. Many times I have sellers that aren't coming to closing. I have sellers that are selling estates or powers of attorney. So I'm making sure that paperwork is in play. So just like you're doing all of your inspections and your due diligence upfront, I'm doing my due diligence with the lender and the title company to make sure expectations are met because something as simple as the sellers not coming to closing is a very easy fix, very easy remedy. We can make it happen, no problem. What we cannot do is tell the title company two days before, oh, by the way, the seller's not coming. That's something that needs to, that process needs to start two, three weeks prior to closing. And that's what I'm doing. I'm making sure title and lender and anybody else, if we have attorneys involved, um, you know, if we have, you know, siblings involved, what, whatever, you know, if it, whatever needs to be done, I'm making sure everyone has what they need to ensure a smooth closing. So this brings us to the end here. You, any uh, final thoughts, anything that uh, maybe we haven't touched on or anything you'd like to emphasize before we wrap up for today, Jason? Uh, yes. We're all busy. Work is not an excuse. School is not an excuse. Okay. Kids are not an excuse. Nothing is an excuse when you are buying or selling your most valuable investment of your life. Trust your realtor. Check in with them often. Keep the lines of communication open. Check your email. Check your phone messages. Check your text daily. Because if you do a daily check-in with your agent, you will never have bumps in the road. And if you if you stay in communication and you you're, you're back and forth and you respond promptly to your your listing agent, your buyer's agent, title company lender, you're going to be golden. You're going to be fine, and you'll accomplish those little things every day, and you'll have a smooth closing. And speaking of communication, if you have any, you need any further information, or you are thinking about buying or selling, and you'd like to work with Jason, you can reach Jason at four one two six five one. 4638. Or if you're kind of shy, you can email him at jason.wilcox at pittsburghmoves.com. 
calm. So, you know, you got 48 hours, guys, you know, right away when stuff, when this, when you get that phone call, when Jason calls you in the middle of the night and says, congratulations, your offer has been accepted. It's is not the time to kind of screw around and meet. You got four, 48 hours. This is a great, um, if you're following along with the podcast, we, we published show notes on our Podbean uh, 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 website. <clears throat> and uh, you can you could you could print these out. You can have them in front of you, and you would know everything. You got to run down. Sure, though, if you hire Jason, he's gonna make he's gonna keep he's gonna keep you on track with this. But it's the reason you got the forty. You want to start in forty eight hours because you don't know how long it's gonna take to get that plumber out there to get that dye test to get excuse me to get that camera test to, to get the survey. All the things you need to do. So don't wait. Get on it. Forty eight hours. The first 48. Think of it like that. All right, guys. uh, You've been listening to another episode of the Really Real Real Estate Podcast with uh, Jason Wilcox. My name is Lou Lombardi, and we'll catch you guys all on the next podcast. Episode 27 coming up. We'll talk to you guys soon. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.